Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Eric Clark. Eric, are you ready to do this? <laughs> I sure am, and thank you for calling me strong and powerful. Sure. Love it. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> Let's do this. Eric is a vice president of Inception REIT, a first-of-its-kind platform focusing exclusively on providing real estate, debt, and equity capital solutions to the rapidly growing U.S. medicinal and adult use cannabis industry. I'm excited to have you on. Eric, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, Sure. Yeah, well, uh, I live here in Los Angeles, uh, specifically Santa Monica, born and raised, actually. Uh, I actually happened to stay in L.A. for school. went to USC. I'm a diehard Trojan. Uh, And really, since school, I've been focused on on real estate. I worked in uh, commercial development uh, for a few years. Got to work on a really cool project in downtown LA that is now almost finished. Finally, uh, nice. huge four four tower project called Metropolis. Um, and then I, uh, I I jumped into the entrepreneurial uh, route for a little bit. I, I worked in the solar energy industry for a bit, and and then uh, and then had a lifestyle brand um, that I sold a little over a year ago. Um, and since then, I popped into the cryptocurrency space. Uh, for a short time since I was so curious <laughs> sure. Uh, and I had a little bit of that FOMO that everyone talked about there <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, helped a, a, a new token launch, um, did their, their marketing and, and whatnot there. And now uh, joined on with this incredible team at Inception REIT um, and, uh, you know, we've been working for about the last nine months building this, uh, this cannabis real estate platform. Uh, and my, uh, yeah, I, I got a three-year-old son named Everest and, uh, and an incredible wife, um, that I do everything for. <laughs> so that's my real motivation behind everything. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Is there uh is there significance behind the name Everest? Uh, actually, yeah. So my, uh, my wife and I went to Nepal, uh, for part of our honeymoon and, um, we did kind of not your typical, <laughs> not your typical honeymoon for sure. Right. We were in Nepal, then down into India, down to Sri Lanka, and then did kind of your, your standard, well, maybe more of your standard kind of beach thing down in the Maldives, which is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, when we were in Nepal, you know, we did this Everest flight, loved it, really blown away. I'm also a, a mountain climber, I guess you could say, I've, I've gotten to the top of a few pretty great mountains. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I kind of have that in the genes, uh, kind of was looking to do something along the lines of something outdoorsy. And, uh, and we both fell in love with the name Everest and, Fortunately, he's he's really tall, so he's uh, kind of living <laughs> up to the name. And he loves climbing. I mean, a lot of kids do, but he I feel like he's at another level with with his obsession with it. Um, you know, he's only three, but you know, we're having having a lot of fun with him, really loving it. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, I am I'm I'm grateful for him that his name is not <laughs> ironic. He's really really not a very tall guy, so I'm gl- glad to hear he's a tall guy. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, I think that that. Certainly, people are aware of, I, I don't want to call it excitement necessarily, but the, the excitement and the growth potential of um, of medicinal and adult use cannabis. But if, if you would tell us from your perspective what the real opportunities are and then maybe take me into what the challenges are. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I do really like to use the, the terminology exciting and explosive. Um, I mean, it really is, um, a lot of people view it as the as the most 
there's the most opportunity in this industry of kind of any industry right now, um, just because of how new it really is. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of people making a lot of money already, um, while at the same time, you have a lot of people really losing it all, um, especially, you know, a lot of these smaller operators um, that were in the dark before and have kind of gotten lost in this this whole, you know, bringing the industry to light. Um, you know, so it, it, it has created some major winners and unfortunately has, has um, you know, taken some people down. Um, but, you know, in general, on the uh, on the investor side, uh, I mean, the, the opportunities are, are really all over the place, especially when you look at the overall, um, you know, you look at all of your investment opportunities in general. Um, you know, and I, I saw a quote the other day that was like, if you knew exactly what was going to happen in 2018, you still wouldn't have really been able to make money in 2018. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it was it was a really tough year altogether, you know, with, with all investment classes. Um, and types, you know, but, but cannabis is one of those industries where, I mean, it is, it is very exciting. Um, and, uh, and we're very excited to be in it. We, um, you know, we're really focused on the real estate side. This is where we feel is the, is kind of the best opportunity for people that are looking for a, a, a you know, to tip, dip their toe into this space, uh, without taking that really, you know, that pretty high risk of investing directly in an operation or, or in a brand, um, and so, yeah, we're just, we're just buying real estate or lending on real estate. Um, and, uh, and fortunately we, while we do that and bring, you know, good returns, at least in our minds to investors, um, without any leverage, um, you know, it's, it's doing a good thing for the industry where it's, it's very capital starved. I mean, unbelievable cap, unbelievably capital starved because of the banking capital void, you know, banks are still staying away from it because of the federal uh, level on the regulation side. Um, and so even though statewide, you know, in a lot of states in the U.S., you have adult use, um, you know, legalization, there still is this limitation uh, of banks and what they can actually do. Uh, and so, yeah, there, you have this major capital void. And so you have, you know, platforms like ours um, that are now here to provide that much needed capital to operators and also to landlords that are, you know, looking to, to, you know, bring industry participants into their buildings. Um, so yeah, we, we offer a debt, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, we offer a, a debt platform or debt, debt options for, for op owner operators or landlords. And then also we, uh, we're, we're acquiring buildings, um, and doing sale leasebacks with, with strong operators. Got it. Nice. So, mm -hmm. I know that just being a, a casual, a, kind of a, a casual outside observer to to the industry that's been growing, and some of the big challenges are what you already touched on that that they can't really get banking, and so they're, yeah, they're on the, all this cash, like literally, and having to have security. How is that really manifesting itself from a real estate standpoint? Are there a lot of landlords that that aren't interested in renting? If they are, they're not able to do maybe tenant improvement that's necessary. Is, 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 is it all those things? Yeah. Well, first of all, what's happening in the on a cannabis real estate side is is really unique and, and it's very challenging for operators and for landlords. First of all, you have you have a limit on just how many properties are actually in cannabis zones. So you have that as your first limitation. Then your next limitation is how many of those, of those landlords own their buildings free and clear or have a loan that will likely be called or most likely be called or should be called as soon as their bank finds out what, what their new tenant is going to be doing. 
Um, and so you have those, those landlords where they need to be okay with that risk or they're ready with some other capital to kind of come in behind it to refi the building out. Um, or you have that, that third, that third option really is, which is one of the ones that we go after, which are, you know, these buildings that are for sale or that might be, uh, you might have an owner that's willing to sell and you have an owner operator group that, that wants to go in there and, and take it over. And so they need some help on the capital side. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the banks, they're, they're calling loans. Um, they're, they're not okay with the risk here. Um, and so, you know, it gives us a really great opportunity. I mean, just, just for, as an example, we have this unbelievable property here in LA. Can't give too much detail on it, but this unbelievable iconic property here in LA that's going to be turning into a dispensary, um, and a retail, you know, cannabis shop. And, uh, the owner has this pretty large standard loan and they really want this new cannabis operator in there because they really believe in the space and just financially they see that they can get about two and a half times the market rent that they would get out of a non-cannabis tenant so that that major extra you know multiple is what's really motivating a lot of these landlords to to give it a go understandably so and and yeah and it's one of the reasons why we're in it too. You know, it's like we, we look at these going in cap rates or going in, you know, cash on cash yields of, you know, 12 to 15%. You compare that to, you know, your traditional real estate in the, you know, four to six range in the areas that we look. So, you know, we're, we're getting kind of double or more of the return on a, on a cash on cash basis than you, you know, than you get on other real estate. But also we're not leveraging these things up yet, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, that's how we look at it. So a lot of these other landlords are looking at it, but you have a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, pretty powerful portfolio owners or, or just, you know, rich individuals that own these, these properties. And, you know, they're looking at, at, at turning them into cannabis buildings, you know, and that's, there is a lot of opportunity there for them if they're willing to take that risk. Um, but, but it is very complex, you know, I mean, this is, this is not a, it's not a simple industry and you have operators that are absolutely not credit tenants at this point. Um, you know, you don't have your Starbucks moving in kind of a thing and you know that their corporate guarantee is going to be strong. Um, and this is a whole different level that you're dealing with and you're not looking at standard financials. You're not dealing with standard background, standard resumes. You know, I mean, this is, this is a very unique, unique industry in that sense. Yeah, I, I, I I certainly, I, I would certainly imagine. And I have to imagine also that, that a lot of these, these cannabis zones, is it all state by state? Is are, are are all the laws different? Yeah, yeah. So um, what you have right now is you have you know every state has been going through their own um, their own voting, uh, and so uh, you know Colorado was the first state that that actually voted for full adult use legalization, um, and so they've been kind of the pioneer. They've been showing. Um, They've been showing what you what what can be done on the tax revenue side for the state, um, and just rolling out just how one of these programs can look. Um, and so they they were the kind of the pioneers. You've had a lot of other states uh, follow suit. Um, California has has now been on the legal side since the beginning of last year um, on the adult use side, and so that's that's really changed. We've had medical legal for a very long time, um, but it's the uh, the adult use that really really turns the corner um, for, for a lot of these states in terms of revenue and really bringing this all to light. So you really start having an effect on the black market. Um, but, 
you know, you look at states like Arizona where, you know, they're still medicinal. Um, you have, you have a lot of states like Michigan that just went full legalization on the adult use side. Um, New Jersey, um, you have Oregon and Washington. I mean, Alaska, a lot of states are, are, uh, have gone this route. Same with Nevada. Um, and, and now Florida also. So, and Oklahoma, you really kind of across, all over the country, you're seeing state state voters going for this. And uh, you know, last time I saw a, um, I, I saw some statistics. Two thirds of the U.S. voters now view adult use cannabis um, should be legalized federally. Um, that's a flip from about 20 years ago when it was only one third of the U.S. felt that way. Wow. So I mean, there is a massive, massive shift. And just perception of the industry, and a big part of that is because of all the medical benefits that people have been finding. Sure. Um, I mean, I know personally, I have a, I have a, I know someone up in San Francisco that um, everyone, all the doctors told her she was going to pass uh, from cancer about four years ago. She kind of went through all the chemo, everything, you know, cancer kind of was kind of going away, then it came back, kind of went away, kind of came back, and now then she went on a really really hardcore. Uh, medical marijuana regimen, and she's been cancer-free for a while. Um, and and and, and she was really told that she was gonna she was gonna pass actually. So, I mean, th- there are stories like that that were that are now really coming to light. Um, and they're finally you know you're finally gonna be able to actually start getting some real tests going on for what the real you know miracle like this. I mean, a lot of people call it a miracle drug. Um, you know, like what it can really do. So I think that's a big reason why it's, it's had this, this pretty major shift in Got perception. It. Nice. Yeah. All yeah. right. So if, if you would walk me through how inception re- is, is structured, is it, is it a matter of you want to raise X amount of dollars and then deploy are, are, are there caps on that? And how, how do people participate? Yeah. So, we uh, we technically launched the REIT in October, um, and and it's a private, non-traded REIT at this point. And so, for anyone that doesn't know the REIT terminology, it's a real estate investment trust. We're we're slightly different than a, a typical real estate fund in terms of some ta- tax advantages and also some transparency uh, levels that we bring to the table. Um, and also that that it really is just, especially with how we we're doing this, we're this is an externally managed REIT technically. So really it is just a portfolio of of real estate assets so those assets are going to be comprised of senior loans um you know first position senior notes uh on on real estate that we really like not only as cannabis assets but also as traditional in case they were to revert back to non-cannabis use um and then also uh sale lease back equity you know 100 ownership positions in in buildings um, and our, our whole strategy is long-term we're going, you know, five to 10 year, uh, loans on the, uh, on the lending side. And then our leases are 10 years or longer. Um, so we're all about this being a long-term investment opportunity, um, and trying to bring again, like trying to bring a, a cannabis investment opportunity to people that are looking to dip their toes in it, um, without taking on potentially a, a really high non-asset back kind of investment option. Um, you know, in terms of our, our team, you know, I, I should have probably mentioned this before. Um, you know, you, you look at kind of across the industry, you see a lot of people now that are starting to come in that are from like those more traditional investment banking, private equity backgrounds. 
and that's exactly who's come on our team. Um, the the CEO of our REIT is um, past Colony Capital director. It's a private equity shop here in LA. Um, and also he was the CFO of SBE Group, which has the SLS hotels. Um, and then we have a, another iBanker on our team from uh, Barclays. And uh, he was also in the affordable housing space for a little while. Uh, and then we have another private equity member, um, and uh, and our, our chairman is um, is actually uh, he formed one of the largest REITs in Canada called Invest, um, sold for a billion six a couple of years ago, and um, so he really brings a lot of passion and and um, and knowledge and power <laughs> to the uh, to the board um, as chairman. Um, you know, and then we also have some other really fantastic board members. So, you know, in general, you, again, like looking at the space and just the type of people that are now starting to move into it, this, these are the types of kind of all-star teams that you're now starting to see kind of jump in because they, they see, you know, the opportunity, but also are, have some kind of personal attachment to the cannabis space and have, you know, a real interest in, in doing something here. Nice. All right. Yeah. So somebody's interested, how, how, how would that work if I wanted to, if I wanted to, to invest? <laughs> well, I love that you asked that. Um, so inceptionreit.com. So inceptionreit.com is our website. We actually have an investor portal that, uh, that is accessible through there, um, where someone can just go in and, and actually do a full investment. Um, we're only open to accredited investors and our investment minimum is 25,000. Uh, and so that's, that's one way of going about it. Um, another way is, uh, just reaching out to me directly, <laughs> if that's all right. Um, it's in my, my email address is E Clark, E C L A R K E. So an E at the end of Clark at inception Um, and so again, there's, you know, either way is, is the way to kind of begin the process and to get the marketing docs and to see our PPM and to really see if there's a, a fit. Excellent. And what is you? You mentioned that that your investment strategy is is a longer term time horizon. From an investor mm-hmm. standpoint, if somebody did invest twenty five thousand dollars, what 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 is the expectation from a time horizon standpoint? Yeah, a time horizon standpoint. Uh, from from on the time side of a twenty five k or really any size of investment, there's a there's a one year lockup, um, where it's just yeah, it's just going to stay in there. Uh, and then, and then after that, I can, you know, you can kind of do whatever, um, I should mention, and this is like, this has, you know, disclaimers all over it, but you know, our real goal here is to bring this to the public market. Um, so, you know, it's a non-traded REIT right now, private, but the goal is to bring it to the NYSC or NASDAQ down the line. Um, and that, that would potentially happen once we hit a certain amount of AUM, um, and once we've yeah we once we have a, a large enough portfolio, and there is one other publicly traded cannabis REIT. They're focused completely on sale leasebacks, and so far they've been focused on the medicinal side of the space, no adult use, and they're called IIPR or Innovative Innovative Industrial Properties. Um, and they've they were they've really been the pioneer on the on the cannabis REIT side. They've raised 220 million last I checked, um, and they're trading right now at an annualized like. 2.7 or so percent uh, dividend rate, um, and so you know we look at them as a real uh, not not only like the pioneer, but really someone that we look up to in terms of corporate governance and, and all that. Um, very professional team there, 
Um, but you know, that, that is the goal is to get to where there is, there is that liquid trading availability for, for the shareholders of our REIT. But we just, we just not, we're just not there yet in terms of, in terms of size. Got it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Eric, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I would say that if anyone is invested in the cannabis space already, if you're not invested in the real estate side, you gotta give it a shot. At least diversify your portfolio, or your investments in the space a little bit, and, and have some asset back piece of it. I would say that that would be huge. And then anyone that's not already invested in the cannabis space, you gotta look at the space. Uh, this is there as we have talked about. I mean, there. This is this is an unbelievable uh, place in our history uh, with where legalization is and everything. Um, and you, you got to look at at least diversifying somewhat with, with your portfolio and, and putting at least, let's say, 5%, 10% of, of the portfolio into the cannabis space. Um, I would personally do more. I mean, obviously, I'm <laughs> very deep in it, but, uh, I, you know, it, it is it is its own um, kind of investment uh, type now. I, I would I would I would I'd give it a real go. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. And Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. Give us, <laughs> give a, give us the website again. It's inceptionreit.com. So inceptionreit.com. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as, as much as I did, show Eric your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out inceptionreit.com, and I'll list that in the notes of the show as well. Thank you again, Eric. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!